You're listening to Brick to the Future, the property investment show for everyday Australians. We cut through the white noise so you can minimise risk and make smart, informed investment decisions. If you're after tips and strategies while building a property portfolio that suits your lifestyle, you're in the right place. Credit has been called the lifeblood of an economy, and it's an essential part of our recovery from the financial battering that COVID delivered in 2020. That's why we at OpenCorp are keeping a keen eye on the federal parliament as it weighs up proposed changes to responsible lending laws. If the amendments go through, loan approvals for property investors should become far more streamlined. This is good news for investors as the financing aspect of buying a property has been a potential stumbling block in recent years. But first, a bit of background. To understand the origins of the current laws, you need to go back to 2007-2008 when the winds of economic change whipped up into a hurricane of financial chaos and swept through just about every market in the world. The global financial crisis exposed some sketchy ways of doing business and the lack of safeguards. Therefore, the National Consumer Credit Protection Act 2009 was put in place to stop banks giving unsuitable loans to customers. But in September last year, with the country in the grip of a pandemic and the economy stagnating, Treasurer Josh Frydenberg decided it was time to overhaul the nation's lending rules. Specifically, the government would remove the responsible lending obligations from the Credit Protection Act, except for small amount credit contracts and consumer leases. It's more than a mere coincidence this announcement came at a time when the housing market was at a COVID-induced standstill, a situation that has improved dramatically in recent months. Mr. Frydenberg, in a media release, stated the reforms would, quote, make it easier for the majority of Australians and small businesses to access credit, reduce red tape, improve competition, quote. According to Mr. Frydenberg's release, quote, now more than ever, it is critical that unnecessary barriers to accessing credit are removed so that consumers can continue to spend and businesses can invest and create jobs, quote. Good news for borrowers. These proposed new rules represent good news for borrowers, including investors. Anything that can be done to streamline the process of obtaining a loan will be welcomed with open arms. For example, reducing the sheer amount of detail consumers must supply about their living expenses, which can seem overzealous at times, will be a positive outcome. Responsible accounting is one thing, but having to detail every impromptu midweek dinner out can seem like overkill. I spoke with our mortgage broking team at Open Finance and they tell us that first home buyers and self-employed borrowers will be the big winners under this new regime. Amanda Gleig, a senior mortgage broker, says, quote, some first buyers are currently being denied loans because lenders must assume all their discretionary spending will continue if they get a mortgage. However, a typical first home buyer would cut out this non-essential consumption to meet their mortgage repayments which lenders will be able to recognise under the new system, Amanda says. At the same time, some self-employed borrowers are currently being rejected because lenders are double dipping with expenses. Business owners often pay their phone, internet and transport bills through their business and lenders are not only counting these as business expenses but also assuming the borrower is racking up similar bills in their personal name. Quote, Amanda says the new system will allow lenders to take a reasonable approach in this situation. At the moment, based on what our clients tell us, plus what the brokers at Open Finance are seeing, 
the big four banks often take between 15 and 30 days for assessment and whether your credentials stack up. That's business days, which equates to six weeks. Simply put, under the new system, lenders are expected to use more common sense when assessing loan applications. Let's unpack the proposals. The government has some very clear literature on the proposals. I'll cherry pick some of those points for you because it's a really useful explanation of the situation. Fast forward to 2020 and the principles which underpin responsible lending obligations have been implemented in a way that is no longer fit for purpose and which risks slowing our economic recovery. The prescriptive approach of responsible lending obligations guidance and internal lender systems developed to comply with the guidance leaves borrowers and lenders facing a one-size-fits-all approach. This means lenders are required to adopt a similar approach to credit assessment for most consumers and credit products, irrespective of their circumstances. Lenders face prescriptive obligations with close to 100 pages of guidance advising how they should meet their obligations under these RLOs. As a result, obtaining credit has become more burdensome for borrowers, irrespective of the risks they face, and significantly increase the time needed to gain credit approvals. The changes will remove the one-size-fits-all approach to lending and ensure credit assessment is attuned to the needs of the borrower and the credit product. For example, lenders at present are required to obtain and verify extensive information about borrower's expenses, irrespective of the type of loan product or the borrower. Following the changes, the obligations on the lender will be proportionate with the risk. As a result, credit providers will be able to simplify their credit assessment process and extend credit in a more timely and efficient manner. Commendable aims have done their job. In short, the commendable aims of the Credit Protection Act have now become an unwieldy tool that can hinder borrowing and the economic stimulus that it generates. Don't forget about the huge chain of industries and professions intrinsically linked to the purchase of property from solicitors to tradies to white goods retailers and removalists. But surely those safeguards are there for a reason, you ask. And I'm just painting a rosy picture of a world where no one ever defaults on their mortgage repayments or finds themselves in dire straits financially. Of course, there's always another side to the lending coin. The necessary safeguards, we do acknowledge that the new lending proposals are opposed by the opposition and several consumer groups have voiced concerns that winding them back could remove necessary safeguards. So it's not necessarily all smooth sailing ahead. But I'm confident that relaxing RLOs won't create some sort of Wild West property market. There will still be plenty of checks and balances to ensure that borrowers are not unreasonably burdened by credit they can't service. There seems to be a common belief out there that banks will just throw money at anyone, especially when the property market's moving. That's far from the case. Something that gives me a lot of confidence as an investor is knowing there are regulators and watchdogs, if you like, to check on what's happening. Our regulatory framework is still robust enough to avoid a subprime type situation as the US experienced circa 2007 when easy mortgages were being scattered like confetti. What's Tim Lawless's view? I canvassed the opinion of Tim Lawless, one of Australia's leading property market analysts and commentators and head of research at CoreLogic Asia Pacific during an interview for a forthcoming webinar. 
Tim is regularly sought out by government and the media for his insights and opinions on property markets, so it was interesting to get his view on the responsible lending issue. Tim said, reforms to the Credit Act still need to be debated in the political environment. Chances are they could be watered down. But if they do get voted through exactly as the Treasurer suggested before the budget last year, it doesn't necessarily mean it's becoming easier to get credit. It just means that the process becomes more streamlined. He said APRA, who are the Australian Prudential Regulation Authority, becomes more involved, non-banks versus the banking sector. Maybe more similar rules around the playbook, but I think the important area of the lending environment to watch is going to be lending standards and any signs of macroprudential intervention. Big word, but all macroprudential means is that we see the regulator coming in tightening credit rules because it becomes uh, a little bit concerned about financial stability. Tim points out previous interventions, such as in late 2014, when there was a 10% speed limit, so to speak, applied to the investment credit growth, and in 2017, when interest-only lending was targeted. We saw the marketplace react to the lending environment virtually instantly, and it did slow the marketplace, Tim says. So I think APRA will be closely watching, watching things like how many loans are being written on high debt-to-income ratios. If you're applying for a loan and the debt level is more than six times higher than your income, then that's where it becomes a little bit harder to secure a really good interest rate, for example. It's certainly important that we do maintain lending standards and any signs of that slippage, and I think we can expect that some tightening could come through and we're already seeing some economic commentators suggesting we could see that before the end of the year, says Tim. That's Tim's take. Credit won't be a giveaway, but things will become a bit easier and that's good news for property investors. It would mean suitable applicants being able to qualify for the loan they need to pursue their investment strategy without someone wading through the miniature of their financial comings and goings if Mr. Frydenberg's proposals go through. There's still an if there. These proposed changes need to be passed by parliament. I get that. We've got a robust democracy in this country and, and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's recently been announced that those changes were supported in Parliament, but a firm decision was pushed out for about six weeks until the second week of May. Next steps. Well, the Senate Economics Legislation Committee backed the proposals and they were debated recently in Parliament. If the responsible lending laws aren't relaxed, well, it's not a deal breaker. There are some sound reasons why they exist and we at OpenCorp will continue to help people realise their investment ambitions regardless. But if I were in Canberra, I'd choose confidence over caution and help ordinary Australians to play their part in steering the country's economic recovery. So let's regroup and summarise the key likely impacts these changes in regulation will have on the Australian property market generally and investors specifically, including clients of OpenCorp. But let's do so against the broader economic backdrop so we have a complete picture of the window of opportunity that's emerging. Firstly, we're in a low interest rate environment at the moment. Finance from the major banks and other reputable lenders has never been cheaper. We know this can't and won't last forever, but we're expecting it to stay that way for at least a few more years yet. Indeed, the governor of the Reserve Bank, Philip Lowe, recently used a speech to a summit convened by the Australian Financial Review to signal that the official cash rate will remain at historic lows until, quote, at least 2024. 
Once these new lending rules come in, if they get through Parliament and become law, some shackles will, to a certain degree, be off the banks and other lenders. Again, we emphasise that this doesn't mean a return to the era of irresponsible lending, but more so the whole process will become streamlined, allowing lenders to approve more loans, potentially at higher levels than previously. You'd expect this in turn will encourage prospective property purchasers, including investors, to apply for a loan and jump back into the market if they can afford it. What we then get is uh, added increased demand for property, but as we know, there's currently a lack of supply out there, which in turn is forcing up prices in many cities and regional centres. One of my colleagues here at OpenCorp describes this current situation as a perfect storm for investors. But of course, you can only take advantage of the current economic situation if you take action now. If you'd like to know more about how these proposed new lending laws might affect you, please contact us. Our property specialists would love to hear from you and get in touch today to have a chat about your situation, arrange a consultation, or just inquire more about what we do here at OpenCorp. Thank you for listening to Brick to the Future, powered by OpenCorp, Australia's leading property investment specialists. For more information on how we can help you build your financial future, contact us at opencorp.com.au.